What is up, gamers? Welcome back to the Critics Podcast. It's that time of year, babies. We're a little late, but uh, Adam and I, I'm Joseph, your host, and I'm joined by... <laughs> I, I, I doubt this is anybody's first time t- like tuning in. Uh, yeah, you think Adam I'd get the, the intro at this point. What was your name again? Sorry. Uh, it's uh, Adam Skywalker. Adam Skywalker is here, ladies and gentlemen. And today we're going to do our, our top... Uh, our best movies of 2019 list. Uh, I know Chris Stuckman and Jeremy Jones beat us to the punch, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna try our best to catch up. I think both of us pretty much saw everything we wanted to see this year, aside from maybe one or two movies. But I think we pretty much we've both seen quite a bit of films. The only movie that I think I legitimately like, and I, there's movies I haven't seen this year, obviously or last year, obviously. But like the one that I keep missing, and it's playing next to me, so it's like kind of getting frustrating is uh, a hidden life like i still mm-hmm. have not seen it um and it's like driving me crazy because it's it's literally playing five minutes away from me and i just haven't got into it yet <laughs> um but and then yeah. the only thing i haven't seen i lay mis uh the french film hasn't opened in america yet so i haven't seen that um and then uh just mercy i haven't seen but that's not open that's not open until uh uh five days and so to date the podcast it doesn't come out for five days so yeah i mean i I don't know if we're going to do an episode on Just Mercy, but um, it, it is a very good movie. I mean, I don't, it's not even in my honorable mentions, but it, it's a very, very good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of, this was honestly one of the better years. Yeah. Like, um, like, I mean, 2018 was a good year and like, I mean, the last few years were good, but this was genuinely like a stacked year. Like, where... yeah, I think this is best of the decade contention year. I think uh, 2013, is it the year that we were talking about? Is yeah, the best I, one? I think 2013 is the like the best of the decade. Mm-hmm. When did you're better? Then, 2011. That that those don'ts. Yeah, 2011 is a pretty big stinker of a year. It's like just the social network. <laughs> no, 2011 was good. Like I thought. Oh. Well, but then again, that's like maybe that's because uh, I started going to like screenings in 2011, mm-hmm. and like I remember I saw so many indie movies that year just because of screenings. I was 11, so I didn't <laughs> I didn't well, see I was... many movies. I was just 14, and I like, and I remember every time I would like, I went to a screening of Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene when I was 14, and they were like looking hmm. at me strange. They they couldn't turn me away either. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: they can't turn you away from a screening. So anytime there was a rated R movie screening, I would just go to it because that was my only way to see it in theaters. They can't turn you away, or they can. They can't. So that's oh, okay. Because why... that's what I would do when I, because I started going to screenings. Funnily enough, when I was 14 as well, my first one was Earth to Echo, and. Uh, they, uh, but then I saw, I really wanted to see the film Nightcrawler, and I got tickets, and I was all jazzed, and I went to the theater terrified that they were going to turn me away. I remember I was at that screening the, at Winter Park. Yes. Yep, I was there. Yeah. Yeah, good. I mean, just for clarification for the listeners, me and Joe kind of met at screenings. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we obviously write for the same site, but we kind of just, we, we really just meet at uh, these local press screenings or public screenings or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where this all stemmed from if we yeah. want a little bit of a critic's history and if um, you subscribe to our patreon you can come to a screening with us <laughs> yeah um well you know we always fight the death to get a press seat but uh <laughs> you if you donate to our uh richard jewel tier for eight eight uh 87 cents maybe mm-hmm. um you can be our plus one to a screening it's cheaper than a movie ticket mm-hmm. um then me and uh, me and Joe will split into a hefty uh, forty-four cents. Whoever gets that extra cent, uh, we'll, we'll just usually it'll it's whoever's not seeing the movie will get the extra cent. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the joke's on us because it's for um 
I was going to try to come up with some obscure kids movie coming out, but I it's for Doolittle. That's the... Doolittle. Yeah, Doolittle yeah. guys. Uh, the Doolittle podcast is coming out sooner than you think. So just uh, keep on edge for that. I know you don't really care about our ranking list of the year. You just want to hear us talk about Doolittle. So. <laughs> well, I'm honestly just just to segue into it very smoothly. I'm interested to hear your honorable mentions and list because i have like i said i was telling joe before the pod i have not like even looked at his letterbox mm-hmm. um so i have no idea what he's gonna say he could say door and velocity of gold and i and i <laughs> i would have no base to disbelieve him um yeah i haven't seen that movie but i'm sure it's great oh. <laughs> but um my honorable mentions i'm going i had 11 honorable mentions so my first one is transit uh it's a German film. It is very good. I watched it earlier today. Um, the Report with Adam Driver. That's an excellent film. The Peanut Butter Falcon, The Art of Self-Defense, The Nightingale, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Waves, Knives Out, The Two Popes, Jojo Rabbit, and Honey Boy. So those are my 11 honorable mentions. All of those movies are uh, definitely worth seeing. They just didn't crack the the top 10. So if you have a problem, go fuck yourself because that's my it's my personal opinion um my honorable mentions are, and then by the way there are a lot on your list that just even aren't my honorable mentions even though they're great movies like they just mm-hmm. didn't make the cut because there's so many good movies from 2019 um dr sleep um mm. joker dolomite is my name the peanut butter falcon um ford v ferrari toy story 4 hustlers honey boy the farewell pain and glory and a beautiful day in the neighborhood which i've seen like four times now and mm-hmm. i can't get enough of I, it almost made my top 15 just on that basis alone yeah i and like we said earlier there's just so many good movies like it's this was like an incredibly stacked year like i remember in 2016 it was kind of easy to make a list because there were movies that i loved but i didn't like have to like i don't know knock movies out and feel bad about it mm-hmm but this year, like, I felt bad. Like, having the farewell outside of my top 15 made me feel bad as a person. Yeah, I know? felt, yeah, no, farewell <laughs> didn't make my top 15. Um, uh, Paddleton is a movie that I really loved. It didn't make, Pain and Glory didn't get in there. Uh, so it's oh, just yeah. really, it's, it, that's just even my honorable mentions. And then uh, it's like having, not having Honey Boy in my top 15 is really tough. Yeah, I mean, there are some years where I feel like um, movies like, um honey boy or pain glory would be like in my top 10 yeah but this is just one of those years where it's i mean i think last year honey boy would be like in my top five maybe yeah i mean honey and honey boy like that movie has really stuck with me and just kind of once again goes to show like it's just been a really it's just been a really stacked year (laughs) yeah um so do you want to start with your top 15 uh so yeah um my f- number 15th film of the year is a film I saw at the SCAD Film Festival, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, the director, uh, how do you pronounce her name? Um, um, Celine Skielman, I think. Celine Skielman. Uh, this, uh, a Portrait of a Lady on Fire, it's uh, just Skiyama, as good as... my bad. Sorry, whatever. Some bitch directed it. And uh, <laughs> hey, it's, um, it. sorry, just a joke. She's a wonderful <laughs> lady. She made an excellent film. Uh, Port- it's, it's like... Portrait of Lady and Fire, it's like, it's like watching art. It's like pretty, it's just, it's just an excellent film uh, across all. It's like, you know, sometimes critics will kind of use the word, words like ravishing and enchanting. And I think it definitely applies to Portrait of Lady on Fire. It's a movie I've been really meaning to rewatch. And if I rewatch it, it'll probably move up higher on the list. I just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. But it's just, um, it's a really excellent film. And uh, everybody should see it. It comes out February 2nd in America, correct? 
Um, it's I think it's it's sometime in February. I know that much. Some, yeah, sometime in February. It's, and it's, by the way, uh, critics will say that, but the critics will not. That's yeah, all. critics. Us, we don't have yeah. that title of vocabulary. I don't even really know what ravishing means. So, uh, all um, I can say is pee pee poo poo. Pee pee poo poo. That's what I have to say about Portrait Lady on Fire. And um, my next film is the uh, number 14 is the last black man in san francisco uh this yeah, movie another great movie that just didn't even make my honorable mention to me. it's mm-hmm. a great movie uh yeah this movie is 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 really it's uh, it's almost stunning it's it's such a it's such an emotional film i was really floored after i watched it it's some of the best use of music in a film this year uh it's the performances are really remarkable uh this was a big hit from sundance and i didn't actually catch it at sundance but i got to see it Thankfully, it came to a theater near me, and I saw it with a friend of the pod, Devin, and he fell asleep for the entire movie. So it was me and a sleeping Devin, and that's it in the theater. So uh, it's just um, it's a really um, bizarre film. It's got a really almost abrasive style to it, but when you kind of really get into it, you can really see that there's this really just really big beating heart to the film, and it has something I think genuinely kind of gets to something really profound in the movie, and it kind of really i was really uh i, I said this i'm really i was really floored by it when i was finished with it it was just one of those movies that when you finish it you're just kind of like like you deep exhale because you just have been through so much with these characters and it's a it's a smaller film it's a bit underlooked in my opinion and uh it's on amazon prime so i highly recommend seeing it this was it. a uh, directorial debut right yeah this is an a24 movie directed by joe talbot i think is his name um and uh i'd love to see more from him. i wish a24 would like advertise this fucking movie but they don't. Yeah, I'm looking. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at his uh, IMDb. He's only made this short film mm. before, which that's crazy. First narrative feature, like, because yeah. it's, it's it's so well directed. It's like so mm-hmm. confident. It's, yeah, it's such a. And... Yeah, it's such a. It's 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 a really like um. It's a really great uh, debut. Uh, there, there's a cup. Some of the humor doesn't exactly work for me in the movie, but other than that, it's just a pretty excellent film. Yeah, um, it it really is fantastic, and that kind of just also goes to the point we were saying earlier. Like, if this was any other like year, mm-hmm. I think it might even be in my top fifteen. Uh, yeah, it really is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, number thirteen uh, is uh, um, the feminist film Booksmart. Uh, this movie uh, was really excellent. This movie was the movie to beat for me for a while. Uh, I was really kind. Of, I was really um, impressed. Everyone was really impressed with this movie. Olivia Wilde. Uh, it just directs kind of an instant classic comedy here. It's every, all the humor is so sharp and it's one of those movies that there's like uh, every single joke really lands really well. And there's so many like instantly kind of iconic and hilarious scenes in it. So that one of my favorite uh, quotes about that was, this is my new sleepover movie. And uh, that's how I feel about it. It's kind of just, uh, you don't really see really big raunchy studio comedies anymore. And uh, this one, it's not necessarily raunchy, but kind of that, that to just a straight up comedy i think this one really really knocks it out of the park and then uh beanie feldstein and caitlin deaver give like two incredible performances and i can't wait to see what they both do next and i really can't wait to see what olivia wilde does next as a director i know adam yeah. was also a really big fan of this film <laughs> well spoiler alert Sorry. um yeah i remember when we uh saw it together i think at the screening and mm-hmm. you i remember you were kind of quiet for the first like i don't know however long and it took you like i think maybe 40 minutes like laugh for the first time and i was like concerned i was like oh man is he not liking it because i'm i'm loving it and <laughs> i'm glad we kind of came out with uh, equal sentiments on it yeah and then uh what's his name oh what's the i have to look up his name right now the one character 
Uh, let me. Find, I gotta find rumors. I'm looking it up right now. We didn't do any research for this. Uh, is it Skyler? Is oh, uh, Skyler Dianato or something. G- Gizanato. Uh, Gizanato. He, yeah. Uh, is this him? Is this the guy I'm thinking it is? Yeah. The kid from Skyler, Vacation. And, he's uh, the kid from Vacation. He's the kid in uh, White Hot American Summer. He is absolutely hilarious in this movie, and I think he deserves. Like I, I love him so much. His character is so fucking funny. Yeah, one of my friends was wearing uh, mm-hmm. the shirt within a shirt like that he has on in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Last time I saw my friend, he was wearing that shirt, and I That's great. watched it. Yeah. <laughs> um, number 12 is the movie I thought would be my favorite movie of the year, but it's not. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, uh, Greta Gerwig's favorite director, Quentin Tarantino, uh, came out with uh, a more uh, a different film from him. Uh, this kind of feels like something he would have not made the vibe of it is something he would have made earlier, but it's a lot more mature, I guess, than a lot of his other films. Um, it's a lot more reflective and it kind of very much, it doesn't feel like a, it almost feels like it could be his last movie, even though he has one left in him. Uh, but I, I it's a, it's, you know, Brad Pitt and Quentin, Tar- Brad Pitt and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio both give great performances. This is what Brad Pitt's performance is probably going to win the Oscar for it, And it is well-deserved. He gives Cliff Booth is just kind of a, instantly one of uh, tarantino's like best characters it's a it's a it's it's not the film i expected it to be um but it's uh, i was i was definitely very uh, satisfied and pleased with what i got and it also is this is one of the best endings of the year if you haven't already seen it <laughs> yeah i mean uh like and that's that's a good point about what you're saying like about like how it kind of feels like it could be his last movie because mm-hmm. i don't even know what his last movie will be now because this he's talked about like kill bill and then the uh, um star trek movie and then at one point he was talking about doing a uh, world war one movie so well i'm just saying this feels like very like there's something very much like i think it's kind of fitting that a love letter to cinema would be his last movie yeah and it kind of it's about kind of being over the hill as far as your career goes and there's a lot of stuff about not being as good as you used to be. So it, it, it very it, I'm, it'll be interesting to see what he does next. Yeah, and I remember when we did the pod for it, like kind of, we all like like we all were positive on the movie, but like mm-hmm. I think even I feel like this movie has really aged well. Yeah. Like opposed to other movies in 2019, like mm-hmm. some movies you think about it and you like them kind of like less and less. But I, I think I can speak for both of us when I say like maybe this is the one where we kind of like gradually like like it more mm-hmm. the more we sit with it and watch yeah. it. Yeah. And they, I've seen it a couple times since uh, theaters, and it's, uh, I think it's just because, you know, Tarantino, he's known for these kind of really uh, violent, plot-heavy movies, and this movie really is a hangout movie, and it's, when, because it, you, you hear it's about these two actors, and they live next to Sharon Tate, you think that's going to be the whole movie, and you expect it to be this kind of Manson driven thing but the manson thing is really a background to the film it's almost it's almost not even really part of the plot of the film it's just kind of is at the end so i think when you go in kind of with tempered expectations and you see what it actually ends up being you could there's a lot to love yeah um i mean i i'll save more for later <laughs> and uh <laughs> my number 11 is uh the incel recruitment film of the year joker uh joker is um it's a lot of way in a lot of ways it's just taxi driver too but i still think uh the the execution of the film and the performance and um, the score I was really taken by. Uh, and I think it's not as good as I wanted it to be. Um, and uh, that's, that's crazy that you say that and you're like talking about it on your yeah, best. It's in my, stuff. it's my, yeah, I have it on my, it's on my 11th favorite movie of the year. And I'm like, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. So, but I think, I think Joaquin gives it his all here. I think it's one of the best performances of the year. And I think more impressively, I almost, I think Todd Phillips, uh, 
comes out with very, I know he's kind of fun to dog on, but uh, I, I was very impressed with, because the direction of the film is one of the strongest aspects of it. The script is really the weakest part of the movie. Yeah. And it really kind of almost hinders it. But I think it's a testament to how good his direction is and how good Joaquin Phoenix's performance is that they're able to kind of sell these scenes. And um, it's, uh, there's a, it's, it, I think one, another thing that the movie does really well is it's, it's not more, it's more so concerned with kind of establishing kind of a theme and a tone and kind of building upon the movie as it goes on. So like if you watch kind of the scenes in the later half of the movie, they don't work as well isolated because you don't have the previous part of the movie to like build up on. There's another movie later on in my list that is very much like that too. But I think it's, it's, it kind of, it's, it's almost watching this movie. It's, it, it is like watching a descent into madness. And I think that part of the movie I was really, really sold by. And I, I really, it's, 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 it's really, it's, I mean, it's the probably like the most talked about movie this year. So I just, um, and I, I was very, very impressed with it. And I hope DC kind of continues to make more smaller, interesting films like this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and you were saying kind of like how you were wishing it was like a little bit better. And I like I understand that because you can say that kind of for every movie, even like some of your favorite movies. Yeah. But like there is but there's also a part of me that's like as long as we keep getting like studios like Disney and WB like preventing because, you know, the whole like thing about um how public domain like it, things should be in the public domain but yeah. studios fight for them not to be so i think as long as that happens which seems like it's probably gonna be forever until we die um mm-hmm. like i think as long as um studios like grapple to ips for dear life um and studios are so like tightly in control and like very protective over what kind of content they produce i feel like this was the best joker movie we could have ever gotten yeah um like because honestly like i i I've, I've come to like love this movie i remember when we did the pod i like i said i really liked it but I've, i saw like three times in theaters and there's just something about it mm-hmm. where it's one of those movies that i think it is flawed at its core but there's something like mesmerizing about it too mm-hmm. like, yeah it's there, there's this critique of movies a lot where it's like like adam just saw the not just i mean i don't think we're doing an episode on the grudge but adam saw the grudge and he was like there's a good movie in here and I feel like that's kind of the same thing with Joker, where it's like on the outside, it's kind of it looks to be like this obnoxious incel like film bro movie. But when you watch it, there's really a good movie there. Like there's a good movie, a really incredible film underneath kind of this uh, exterior of like film bro aesthetic. Yeah, I mean, and like I think I put it at my honorable mentions, but mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, it's just it's one of those movies that keeps gradually, I mean, just like once upon a time, it keeps growing on me, the more yeah. I see it and think about it. And, mm-hmm. and it, well, I think it has a really classical quality to it where it feels like it'll be remembered for a very long time. And I mean, obviously it's a pretty talked about movie, but it kind of, it's in the sense, like, you know, where, I mean, this movie is very controversial, but I think all great art ends up being controversial. It really split. I mean, uh, there's a film that we, Adam and I will talk about later on in our list that is very, very divisive. So yeah, I mean, that's the kind of the thing I kind of compare Joker to, and I'm not saying I like it as much as these movies, but like I think it kind of stands on the same ground. Is like the Dark Knight and Logan, where mm-hmm. you can show that to like a person who doesn't like, yeah. care about cinematic universes, and you can just show this to them as a film, and have mm-hmm. this be their only knowledge of the character of Joker or Wolverine or Batman, and mm-hmm. they will just be able to appreciate it as like a just like one mm-hmm. singular story. And yeah, and I think. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> I was just say, like, while I love like the MCU and stuff, it is like genuinely like refreshing to see stuff yeah. produced. And I think I think getting kind of this, 
like the fact that this movie even exists, I think is, is part of the reason that it's so great is that it's, it's, it really is like they're like Logan and Dark Knight are like the two kind of movies. And I, I put Guardians of the Galaxy in there, but like they kind of rise above the genre that they exist in. And I think Joker kind of is another one of those movies that exists. Not you, you don't go, oh, Joker's a good superhero movie. You go, Joker's a good movie. You know, it's a good film. Yeah. I mean, it, you don't even, it, it's funny. Like it is a comic movie. Like literally it is. But like mm-hmm. you don't, when you think about it, you don't compare it to the Avengers or like mm-hmm. Captain Marvel or anything. Like you think about it as like a film. Yeah. Not to sound like pretentious, but like you, know, like it, it's funny and like it's, again, not a con- it's not a theme park movie, you know. Yeah, exactly. Did you see Even that though Martin Scorsese says he hasn't seen it. Yeah, I was gonna say he only he's only seen clips. He's like, I get it, okay, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So wait, was that yeah, that was your eleven? Yeah, right? that was my eleventh. So that's my fifteen through eleven. So Adam, yeah. what's your fifteen? Yeah. Um. So my number fifteen is I I don't know how. I mean, I'm sure Joe knows what I'm going to say, but I don't know how he's going to react to it. Um, is Jordan Peele's Us, um, his long-awaited, well, not really, <laughs> not really a long-awaited follow-up to get out. Highly anticipated follow-up. Yeah. Um. It. This movie. I know I keep saying it, but just like Joker, once upon a time in Hollywood, I remember really liking it the first time I saw it, and then each viewing, I just like got more into it. Um. I got to ask you, how many times have you seen it? I've seen us twice now. And did your feelings change at all? Like on the second viewing? Well, the, f- the first time I watched it, I was pretty, uh, not sour on it, but I was very disappointed in it. I think I gave it like a seven out of 10 the first time I saw, I feel like Anthony Fantano where I have like a controversial seven out of 10 review, but, uh, moonlight, uh yeah, this is my moonlight. This is my <laughs> moonlight of this year, even though I, I grew on moonlight a lot more, but, uh, I, I, I understand. I just, I just think I, 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 I get out with such like an airtight movie where like everything worked and everything made sense and the metaphor was sound, but it just kind of, it, this movie I felt like the more you think about it, the more it falls apart, but I understand why people appreciate the film. <laughs> See, I kind of dig that he didn't just do the same thing. Like again, um, mm-hmm. like, cause you see the poster for this movie in the trailer and you assume that it's going to be like another like comment kind of commentary on race in America and that's all fine and good. Like, we can never get enough of that. Um, but there's something really refreshing about seeing a movie where you go into it and then you get something completely different than what you're expecting. And there's almost like, I hate, I hate when people use this word, but like, it honestly, that's what I got from it. It kind of felt Lynchian in a sense. <laughs> like, there's, I'm not saying it completely. Like, it, he has a very defined style to where he doesn't feel like Lynch at mm-hmm. all, really. But there's something about the weirdness of this movie that I just dig, you know? Um, and I think it's just, it's one that I can't stop thinking about. And, yeah. and more than anything, it's one that I don't feel like I figured out completely, mm-hmm. like even almost a year separated from it. Like I'm the fact that I'm still thinking about it in January and it came out like last March or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that I'm still thinking about it, I think kind of makes it earn a place on my top 15. Um, yeah. I mean, I know, I, I know you were kind of whatever on it, but I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It just it really grew on me and I, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, okay, this, is another one that, <laughs> this is another one that I'm like 90% sure isn't on your list at all. Um, <laughs> it's Avengers Endgame. Because um, I love theme park cinema. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's no secret if you've been listening to the podcast. Um, I'm a big fan of Marvel movies. Um, I grew up with comics my entire life. And I'm endlessly fascinated 
with how well how good of a job Kevin Feige and company does in like making the MCU come alive. And um, we never did an episode on this movie. I'm coming to realize because oh really? <laughs> well, because we this came out in April and we started oh, like, yeah. in June. So yeah, we never did an episode on Endgame. Um, and honestly, I hate to say it, but seeing Rise of Skywalker makes me realize how good Endgame was mm-hmm. as far as like a finale goes. Because it's like, and while like I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker, it's like you watch Endgame and you're just like, yeah, this would be like literally nails everything mm-hmm. like from top to bottom like is it a flawless movie no but like does it hit every note that counts like to perfection yeah like can you i mean spoiler alert i you don't if you haven't seen Endgame by now and you don't know what happens you deserve hmm. to be spoiled. i'm sorry yeah but, like, i mean at this point we're almost a year removed from it so yeah i'm sorry so i'm just gonna say it like <laughs> I, when iron man dies like it, it you feel it you know yeah like, feel cinematic like history in the making like you that's gonna be like darth vader dying to so many kids or like <laughs> luke getting his hand chopped off or whatever like or uh harry or i guess how does harry potter end i don't there's nothing like that in harry potter never mind <laughs> or like when the weasley twins die or something like i don't know yeah there's yeah. nothing like that like that i guess when like i don't know who cares about harry potter <laughs> um <laughs> i do i'm just kidding um <laughs> no i mean i just i don't want to keep going on and on about it but it's yeah. just i think it's a wonderful movie like well i really i really admire someone tweeted this so this isn't my original thought but it's like it's hilarious to see it's generally hilarious that like everyone has tried to copy marvel but it doesn't seem like anybody can even come close to like the quality of the films like st- like star wars couldn't even do it like i mean i like the star wars movies but like they or, like compared to Marvel, they're like a fucking like little kids playing with blocks, you know. And like I think Jumanji is the closest thing we're getting to like a cinematic universe that's like works, you know. Yeah, like, I mean DC tried to just rip them off blatantly, and they shit the bed completely. And Star Wars, many would argue, shit the bed as well. But it's it's just it's I think it's a testament. This movie really is a testament to kind of I mean even though it's it's not real cinema, it's a testament to kind of how in smart Kevin Feige is as a creator. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the third act of this movie, like the like mm-hmm. entire 40, 50 minute span, um, like where they just the whole battle of Thanos's army in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I think that entire portal opening scene is like one of the best sequences I think I've ever seen in my life. Like it mm-hmm. is bone chilling. Like it, it, it's just something, honestly, the ending to Infinity War and then the build up. And then the payoff at the end of Endgame is like one of the mm-hmm. best, most satisfying things in my entire yeah, life. It's one, I don't think we'll ever get anything like this again in our lifetimes, really. Yeah, and I mean, and also going to your point about like how no one can do it like Marvel, I think that kind of goes into the reason why I think they're successful is that they didn't really try. Because <laughs> they, they kind of, um, more than like anyone else... Like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. sorry um was i drinking soda was that heard <laughs> yes sorry, <laughs> sorry for, for laughing um th- there's a thing like you, they did like the first two iron man movies and thor and captain america and the hulk and then they did the avengers mm-hmm. but like there's nothing throughout until like captain america like their fifth movie that felt like they were trying to connect them all mm-hmm. you know, i mean i know there are easter eggs throughout but like not until the first avenger did you feel like they were like really trying to connect you know yeah um, and then by that point when the avengers was a big success you already had six movies in your belt so it's like of course it's, it's success you know mm-hmm. um, unlike dc which tried to do it right after man of steel 
Like, so I think <laughs> I think the reason that everyone else is failing is because they're trying. Yeah. Know, which is a weird thing to say, but it's true. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't waste too much time on this movie, but I think yeah. it's fantastic. Um, my number thirteen, um, one you already talked about, was Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, yeah, I kind of agree what you said about it. Um, the whole it feels like art thing mm-hmm. like it, yeah it really is like movies where you watch it and it, it feels like you could just, like just pause the movie and whatever frame you ended up on you could hang it up as like a portrait like yeah. it's so beautiful to look at um yeah it, it's a really beautiful movie um in many different ways like it's it's exquisite to look at but like mm-hmm. the romance is yeah. really beautiful um and i just thought it was it was everything it was hyped up to be. I mm-hmm. saw it way later than Joe because yeah, um, I got to see this at Schedule Fest. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck off. But um, <laughs> but like yeah, I just it it honestly floored me how good this movie was, and it mm-hmm. I, I cried like four or five times. This movie. It might like, be like the most French movie ever made. You know, it's like it's like <laughs> this, and then Life is Beautiful. It's like those are the two like just most French movies ever made. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very highly up there. Um, this movie, I mean, like you said, I think February comes out. Um, yeah. I did not get a chance to see this in theaters. So I'm going to have to go back and see it. It goes to the mm-hmm. Indian theater in February. I'm going to have to go out and oh, support awesome. it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, my number 12, I think this movie, um, we'll be talking about it more later, but uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women. I kind mm-hmm. of expected this movie to be higher up on my list um when i saw it but this just goes to show you that even my beloved greta cannot crack mm-hmm. my top 10 in a great year um yeah this movie again i had no i mean we just did the review yesterday so it kind of feels weird yeah we just talked about it yesterday <laughs> so it kind of feels weird to talk about it again so i don't i won't like linger on this one too much but it really is fantastic it, it's funny it's sharp it's emotional um it mm-hmm. I've read more and like since our review, I've read more about the source material and like um, her liberties that she took with it and like in what she adapted. So I've come to appreciate it even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see it again to see if like, it's one of those ones that like I love the first time. And then the second time it's a masterpiece for me, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, it's just, again, I'm not going <laughs> to, it just feels weird to do it because we just talked about it, but yeah, you know, it is one of the best of the year. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'll be discussing it later, so I'm not going to say too much about it. <laughs> um, and my number 11 is 1917, uh, the Sam Mendes epic. Um, this movie, if you have to see one movie in theaters this year, make it 1917. Um, I cannot imagine watching this on a laptop or a TV. <laughs> like, I just can't imagine that, you know? <laughs> like, after, because uh, you saw it in Dolby Cinema, right? I did, I did. <laughs> yeah, we saw it at RPX or Regal, and mm. I remember when we saw it, we were just like, just the sound quality, the sound editing, the sound mixing. Um, the I mean, we, we did a review for this one too, but like, just everything about it kind of comes together as this mm-hmm. like, really grand theatrical achievement that I don't think I've seen like in a long time i mean maybe ironically like since dunkirk has a movie like mm-hmm. really rocked me like this like just yeah, the... I, when i walked out of it i was comparing it a lot to the revenant where it felt like this movie is like our feet of filmmaking yeah that's a good comparison actually because it just it's like an exp- it's like a ride they just go on and you mm-hmm. it doesn't end until the credits roll really and it's but there's also a really uh, deep emotion to the film as well 
yeah, I mean, that's kind of, um, I mean, I really like The Revenant, but maybe that's why I kind of, like, enjoy this, like, movies like this more, is because, like, the emotion of it is really present. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to, it's hard to talk about it without spoiling it, but, like, yeah. and, there's... Uh, not oh, to sure. shit, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm a bad no. podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, it, there's just something, there's, like, a really deep part to the movie that you mm-hmm. don't expect going in, and it really works. Um, well, I'll be talking about it later, so I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, I, oh, yeah, I guess we're going to your top ten now. So my number ten of the year, sorry, Hallie, uh, is Midsommar. Uh, this movie is Ari Aster's follow-up to Hereditary, starring Florence Pugh. Um, it is a comedy horror movie, uh, and... Uh, this movie, um, I, I saw it back in, um, when did this movie come out? February, March? Uh, more like July. But... Oh, I don't remember then. But I, I saw this movie, and I haven't really stopped thinking about it since. It's such a, it's such an interesting movie. There's so much to talk about with it. It's so, like, it's so much bigger than Hereditary, and it's so, but it's so similar to Hereditary, and it's so unique it's such a unique film and i'm I'm so happy it doesn't feel like a24 made it but it doesn't feel like an a24 movie at all it's uh i think it's really one of the more uh standout films of the year just because i think there's so much to love here the the florence pugh's performance is incredible and uh if if little women wasn't out it would be her star turn uh her star making role and i think i'm sorry but she's this is like she deserves an Oscar for this performance. Like, yeah, I, I mean, think she deserves an Oscar. She won't get nominated, but I think she, she deserves. It's, she needs it's it. All, I think it's on the same level as Tony Collette and Hereditary. It's um, it's so great. But I think also Ari Aster is he he more than proves himself as a director here. There's so many times where I was just watching the scene and I would just think like, oh my god, he's so fucking good at making it like it like pisses me off how good Ari Aster. This is his second movie, and it's this fucking good already. And it's just and he's it, in his like, 30s like, too. Like he's not too he's far a, Yeah, he's a he's young too, and it yeah. just pisses me off. And it's so there's so many this he kind of what I like about Ari Aster is he kind of challenges what it means to be scary because I think he's interested in genuine horror. You know, there's not there's not jump scares in this movie. Just everything that happens in this movie is horrific. The the opening is is one of the most disturbing things I've seen in a very long time. And it, it, it just gets it just gets worse from the film and out. There's so much uh, immediately striking imagery in this film. And it's uh, it's just and then the um, all the performances are great. And there's also a really great sense of humor in the film. There's some of the funniest scenes of the year in this movie. And I just um, I really I'm really I just this movie really, uh, really was a really stunning film. And I think everybody should see it. It's a uh, it's remarkable. Um, and I think Adam will be talking about it later. Spoilers. Um, you said this is a said, sorry, Hallie. Did, did she not like uh, no Hallie would have this as a lot higher up on her list. So oh, she'd okay. be upset yeah. that I have it at 10. Um, sorry, Joe, because Joe Corey didn't like this movie. if He's listening. But uh, number nine is a uh, I'm going to probably get some shit for having it this low. But uh, Uncut Gems is my number nine of the year. Uh, <laughs> um, I, this movie is uh, very stellar. And I think it's a very. I'm very happy to see how popular it is getting because um, it's such a weird movie to become so popular, but it's such a good fucking movie at the same time. It's so Adam Sandler, it gives what might be the best performance of the year in this movie. He's so, so good in this movie. Just every, even just like, he'll just say something and you're like, just give them an Oscar. You know, he's so great. And I also think the Safdie brothers kind of, I, I, uh, good time is a really great movie and i've come to appreciate it a lot more than i did at the first but i think this is a movie where i instantly was like oh i love this movie i love this movie so much 
much. And I think it's it's so much bigger in scale and scope than uh, Good Time is, but they don't they don't falter at all. The story is is so intricate and complex, but they it, it still feels like Good Time, where it's just kind of this 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 snowball that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger before it's gonna like explode. And I just I really they kind of have their own. Everyone's saying they have their own genre of cinema where it's anxiety cinema. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I if it wasn't um, known for my audible sigh when he put it at number nine, <laughs> we will be talking about it later. But um, mm-hmm. I, I do have to agree though, like about the whole like, and again, this is just like Little Women. We just talked about it, but um, the fact that this kind of like the Ari Aster thing that they're so young and they're making mm-hmm. this movie is yeah. insane to me. Yeah. Uh, my number eight is a movie Adam just talked about, 1917. Um, this movie is is remarkable. The uh, Roger Deakins, but it's 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 Roger Deakins is like the star of the movie. His cinematography is just so fucking good. And there's some of his. Uh, he just won an Oscar, his first Oscar for Blade Runner 2049, which is like one of my favorite movies in general. And he's still in this movie, he's impressing me with what he does. There's a sequence in a city at night. And they kind of showed a little bit in the trailer, but it's just absolutely breathtaking. One of the best scenes also, of the year. Like period. Yeah, it's one of the best scenes of the year. When and they show it in the trailer, when he sees the person from afar and he starts chasing him, it's just like, oh my fucking god, it's so great. Um, but it's uh, this movie's just it's incredible. It's like not to shit on Dunkirk, but it's just like a better version of Dunkirk, where uh, it's got the filmmaking and it shows you what it like. It, it gets you inside the war and it's very visceral, but you also have the these characters that you really start to grow and care about. And there's some. Just absolutely inc- remarkable, incredible sequences in this movie. Um, the score is very good. Uh, the um, there's a sequence, the song, the scene where they're singing the song. They show it in the trailer. That's a great. I almost cried when I watched it. It's yeah. just, I, it, it's coming out very soon, wide, and I hope everybody gets a chance to see it. Uh, Sam Mendes is just one hell of a director. He's redeemed himself from Spectre. So um, that's yeah, my mean, number. Sorry. Well, I just want to say, I was gonna say like, um, I. If you can see this like in a like a high format theater like IMAX or mm-hmm. Dolby or something, it, like pay the extra buck to do it. Like mm-hmm. it's so worth it. Like yeah, uh, I'm personally gonna go back and see this in Dolby when it comes out because I mm-hmm. I started an RPX but I still want to do the Dolby experience because this movie is astonishing. Like it is just it's an experience. And also to your Dunkirk thing, like I, I get the comparison, but I kind of like that we have both movies because like mm-hmm. that movie was about the war. And this movie is about the people. Yeah. So, like, I kind of like that we have both sides. I mean, they're different, like, wars, so it's, like, whatever. But Mm -hmm. um, it's, I don't know, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, I don't even know why I'm going on about it, but, like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you actually already talked about this, Adam, so I don't know why you're interrupting me. Yeah, good point, Joe. (laughs) Um, My number seven is... uh, uh, it's a really good theme park movie. The Irishman is my number seven. Uh, this movie, I feel like I've been waiting forever for it to come out. It was announced back in like 2013, and it's just now coming out. Um, I remember when it's we a, did our top, um, like, I don't know if you remember this, but we did articles for our most anticipated of 2018, mm-hmm. like way back when. And I put yeah. that on my most anticipated of 2018 because I thought there's no way it's not coming out this year. And then it yeah. did. <laughs> Well, I remember last year, 2018, Martin Scorsese, he posted on his Instagram in uh, November, like, just watched the first cut of The Irishman. And I was like, release it. What are you doing? I hate you so much. Because it's, uh, it, but a lot has been made. He's, he returned to the mob genre. He's got Joe Pesci and he's got all of them in it. 
And it, 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 what I, what I love about this movie so much is how it's, it's like, it's got all the energy and all the, the spunk of a Scorsese movie uh, that he would make in his earlier career, but with all the, the wisdom and the knowledge he's gained over the years, it's really the last hour of this movie is some of the best stuff of his career in general. It's so, it's just such a, a thoughtful movie. It kind of feels like it, in a lot of ways, in similar to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it kind of feels like a culmination of all of his work. And if this was his last movie, I'd be very upset, but I could see it how it could be his last movie. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just such a, Joe Pesci gives one of the best performances of the year. He's my favorite performance in the movie. I just think he's so, he's, it's like a surprising, it's like a, it's, you, when you watch it, you don't think it's going to be this kind of standout performance because he's very subdued and held back. But there's so much going on with his performance. And it's just he'll just say lines and they're just like like when he I, I talked about this when we talked about it on the podcast. But there's a scene where he's he's talking about uh, Al Pacino's character and then Robert De Niro's like, but he's one of us. And then Joe Pesci's just like, it's not the same thing. And it's just the way he says that line is just so fucking good it's just it's 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 just a really remarkable film i mean this is like on paper this movie just makes sense to be just amazing so just if you haven't seen it it's on netflix it's very long but i think the length is earned and um there's it's, a, it's a uh, netflix guide to how to chop it up into eight episodes if you, if you think it's too long there's, there's a uh, nifty <laughs> guide to chop this up into uh like 300 uh tiktoks so if you want to check that out <laughs> you can um my number six film of the did you want to say anything about this adam uh well um, i'll talk about it later Ooh. uh number six is a film adam mentioned uh in his uh earlier list uh, it didn't crack his top 10 but it cracked mine with little women uh this wasn't a movie i was expecting to love as much as i did uh but i was really blown away by it uh we did just talk about it so i don't want to uh go over it again too much but it's just a it's a masterpiece i think by all accounts greta gerwig more than proves yourself as a director here and it's it's i say this in the review but it's like little women uh little women is such a big and grand film and it's so strong and it's i totally didn't expect that from her because Lady Bird is such a small and almost independent film and Little Women uh, she's just she doesn't uh, stumble at all here she's got she's in she's got so much control of the camera and her her touch is felt like in every single corner of this movie and all of the performances are incredible Florence Pugh yet again uh, two times in the year gives an Oscar worthy performance that's my favorite performance in the film and I think she's just so good and the score uh, is wonderful and the cinematography is beautiful, and Timothy Chalamet is one cute boy to look at. I like the way he sits in the chair in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, when he sits in the chair. When he's standing, and he's like, can you please sit down? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, again, we just talked about it, but, like, I I don't think I talked enough about the performances, though. Like, it's, like, the Florence Pugh and Saoirse Ronan in this movie. Yeah, Saoirse Ronan is remarkable in this movie as well. They're, they're both unbelievable. Like, mm-hmm. like, and this also goes like what we we're saying about directors that are young. Like the fact that they're both in their twenties and they're giving like these kind of performances, it makes me wonder like, why did I ever do theater? Like, what was the point? Yeah, <laughs> I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be good. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what when I watched Midsommar, I was like, I'm just gonna give up on directing movies because I'll never be that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. This, ever seen good movies it's just like an ego hit like, <laughs> it just it really is mm-hmm. um so that's your number promise cutie at its finest is coming out soon <laughs> uh, oh yeah that's your uh that's my brother's short film oh okay well release zipper then we'll talk um <laughs> cherry limeade 2 is going out soon uh if you haven't seen the first cherry limeade check it out um <laughs> uh so that's my uh 10 through 6 so adam 
Okay. All right, liberal. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> so we have to say number 10, uh, Midsummer. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, Midsummer. This movie, this kind of goes to what I was saying about Us, where I'm glad that like he didn't make the same movie again with his like highly mm. first feature. Um, this movie is incredibly different than Hereditary in all the best ways. Um, mm-hmm. But also, like, I kind of like how each of his movies examines, like, a different topic, like, a theme. Like, the first movie, yeah. or his first movie, Hereditary, was kind of about um, trauma and grief and what it means to, like, accept death, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and how family comes to, like, as a unity, like, they unify together to deal with it. Um, or they don't, and that can be their downfall. And there's something about Midsummer that I think is even more powerful, and it's like about relationships and love and toxicity and kind of choosing your own family. And I think, in a weird way, it's kind of inspiring, which you don't uh-huh. think you would get from um, a movie about like a uh, what is it, a Swedish cult. Um, <laughs> but there is something like kind of empowering about that like last shot of the movie. Um, I don't want to mm-hmm. spoil someone hasn't seen it but like once everything goes down at the end it's horrific but there's a kind of a beauty to it if you know what i mean <laughs> in the weirdest yeah. way possible like there's something very freeing about the journey that um uh florence Pugh's character danny goes on in this movie and yeah i mean i don't think it's a flawless movie but I, this kind of goes to like what you're saying about joker like even though it's flawed i think this movie is kind of like amazing mm-hmm. like there are scenes that I think are too long. I think this movie is very self-indulgent. Like people say <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is self-indulgent, but this movie is very self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. Like in like in how per, like presents its details to the audience and the world building. But I just think it's fantastic. It, it really um it has stuck with me. And did, did you see the director's cut by any chance? Uh no, I have not. It's I can't say it's necessary, but there's <laughs> one scene in the movie that I wish they kept in the theatrical cut. Um, and ironically enough, like just even watching the director's cut just made me appreciate it even more because I'm just like, this guy mm-hmm. is, Ari Aster is incredible. Um, so yeah, that's Midsummer. That's my number 10. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Um, my number nine is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, so yeah, I mean, Joe kind of <laughs> covered a lot of my thoughts on the movie. Um, <laughs> this movie... I, I mean, I already kind of said, like, we, I was very positive on it when we first talked about it, but it just kind of grew with me. And I watched it again recently for, like, the third time. And I think that was the watch that really did it for me, where I was like, this movie, because I could watch, honestly, a whole movie of Sharon Tate, like, walking down, like, mm-hmm. like Hollywood and, like, going into the theater. Like, there's something so beautiful about the way he just, like, lets scenes play out. And. Mm-hmm. Like there's a beauty to it, and you just, just seeing characters live in the world, yeah. you know. And I mean, you already said like the whole the characters in the movie are like already iconic. Like mm-hmm. the fact that they're iconic less than a year of the release just means they're going to be even more iconic mm-hmm. in years to come. Um, Brad Pitt deserves the Oscar. Like I, I can't imagine anyone winning over him. Yeah. For actor. I mean, I love Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers, but he he's so good in this movie um, i mean I, there's a movie that we're going to be talking about later with another stellar for supporting performance but i don't think they will be nominated so i can't just anyone beating brad pitt for this i think i know what you're talking about but i'm just and, and the people that i think are definitely getting nominated i think he is the one to beat this year all right so yeah my number eight is uh taika waititi's jojo rabbit a movie that i um you know i loved it the first time i saw it 
but I think I've gradually become like more and more like I, I like I become to think it's uh more perfect as I like come to it. Like it's, I, I think this movie is kind of like nearly a masterpiece. Like the, mm-hmm. the fact that it even works at all, like the um the fact that uh a movie about a kid whose imaginary friend is uh, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> like mm-hmm. um, I I think that shouldn't work in the least, but it somehow does like in it, it this is a movie that you don't expect to be as like heartwarming as it is mm-hmm. but there's something really beautiful by the end of it just about like i don't know like if there's anything to fight for it's love and humanity mm-hmm. and i think taika waititi he's always been like a very unique director he's proven that with like what we do in the shadows and thor ragnarok but this is by far his best movie in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah i would agree and um if this only speaks like where he's going with his career, I cannot wait to see like what he do, what he does next. Cause this is just a tremendous movie um, mm-hmm. on every level for me. Yeah, um, this was one of the ones that it killed me not to have this on my top 15. Cause like, like I, I, I was super, super jazzed to see it. And when I did, I just, it's, 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 it's really, if I, I could watch it again tomorrow and be like, Oh, this is my favorite movie of the year. It's, it's just, I haven't seen it in a while, but uh, it's really uh, a, a really standout film of the year. There's some of the best visual storytelling uh, of the year in this movie. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's another thing, like his other movies um, before Ragnarok was very visually pleasing, but like his earlier movies, like what we do in the shadows and um, uh, a hunt for the little people forgot the name of it for a second. Um, <laughs> they're good movies, but they don't really have like a visual style to them. Like they also <laughs> budget but this movie has like stunning like imagery which i was <laughs> surprised by it almost was like wes anderson-esque at times yeah <laughs> I was, which i really uh enjoyed but but yeah i mean it's it's my number eight i think it's um and this also goes to like say how good the the year is because like this is almost like a 10 out of 10 for me it's like a rock solid 9.5 so the fact that i'm this close to a 10 at my number eight again uh-huh. speaks to how much i uh love this year um or last year i guess um my number seven is olivia wilde's book smart um shame on joe for having it so low but <laughs> whatever uh, <laughs> um yeah this movie i was so high on that hype train or not the hype train but like after it came out like after i saw it at the screening i don't think i stopped talking about it like <laughs> for months because uh, i was like begging people to see it when it came out um, I went to three screenings for this movie. Yeah, um, I went to and, two for this movie. <laughs> yeah, I went to three screenings, paid for it twice. Um, and I've seen it twice on Hulu since it's so <laughs> seen like seven times. And um, I don't get enough of this movie. It, you were saying about how like studios don't make like, comedies like this anymore. But even more than that, they don't like directors don't stylize comedies like this yeah like i've never seen a comedy this stylized maybe in my life like a comedy of this type of this type at least yeah because like if there's anything i can compare it to it's maybe me and on the dying girl the one we can Mm -hmm. always go back to on the pod but like um there's like there's so much like detail to this movie and like the cinematography is genuinely beautiful to look at and you can talk about the technical aspects, but at the same time, you're talking about like a coming of age, raunchy teen sex comedy. And <laughs> like the fact that we're talking about like cinematography in that same sentence is impressive yeah. right, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I mean, I love this movie. I've seen it so much. It's almost becoming like, it's already a classic to me. Cause I, it's, mm-hmm. the fact that I have, it hasn't even been out a year is crazy. Cause it feels so far removed from my life that it already mm-hmm. feels like a classic, but 
um yeah that's book smart my number seven i think i think book smart is to adam what pop star is to me where it's just like the comedy that we like just panhandle for till the day we die i just love this i love that that, the way you feel talk about this is how i feel about pop star and that uh, i'm gonna jump to my number one i don't care if it came out in 2016 my number one is pop star um (laughs) uh, my number six is ryan johnson's knives out um a movie i actually gave a 10 out of 10 to and it's somehow not on my top five like when i saw (laughs) this movie um and it ended i'm like that's my favorite movie of the year and it's not even in my top five which is crazy um this movie is perfect like i i can't even think of an issue i have with it um it has other than uh, we'll talk about it later but there's another movie where i think it might have a beat but it has one of the best screenplays of 2019 <laughs> um it is so clever this movie mm-hmm. in both the humor but also the mechanics of the plot and the details to it all um i think it's just a tremendous piece of work and um yeah i mean again we did this review semi recently too so we talked about it like very in depth um but i I loved it. Like the cast, the um, cinematography, the story, the like suspense of it all. But it's just like it's it feels unique and like it's paying homage to other whodunits too, which is a very tricky line to walk on. Like so you don't like go to either side. Um, but like he just does a tremendous job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it truly is. Um, I think it's a masterpiece. It's fantastic. So that's... uh, Yeah, this was another one that uh, killed me not to have in my uh, top 15 of the year, but it's just such a good year for film. I was super... When this was announced, I remember I was like, oh, fuck, this movie's going to be great. (laughs) Yeah, and it it is, Joe. So what do you have to say about that? Oh, Um, I agree. I think this is a great movie. All right, so that's my 10 through 6. Joseph? My number five is a movie that I love with my whole heart. Um, this isn't, it isn't my, I, I, there are movies preceding this that I, I like know are better, but I just love this movie so much. It's uh, Ad Astra. Um, I've seen this movie, I think more than any other movie this year. I just keep coming back to it. I just, there's something about it that just to instantly take, I was instantly taken by the film. How many times it's, have you seen it? I've seen it five times i think Jesus. four four or five times i took okay. uh, my brother to see it i took my parents to see it i took i saw it with the friend of the pod Devin. um it's just i love this movie great uh, it reminds me why i love movies i just it's uh there we go you said it <laughs> you said it <laughs> it i mean i had to go we had to go there but uh it's uh you had to do it to him I had to do it to him. Uh, this this is like I, this this like when it comes to like not to get sappy, but like when it comes to like the type of move, like why I love movies and the type of films I want to make, it's just Ad Astra is it in every form. I think this movie is so wonderful. I just it's it I just can't I can't say enough about it. I think Brad Pitt's performance, uh, he's great in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but he gives one of the best what one of if not it's not my favorite performance of the year because there's one later on in the list but it, this is one of this is might be his best performance i think he's so vulnerable he's it's all in the eyes and it's i think it's this movie's it's like heartbreaking because i think this movie came out too early because i feel like if it came out later in the year more people would be talking about it but it's kind of been delegated to an honorable mention and i know adam was slandering this movie before the podcast started but i think i think this movie if people revisited it they would really see that it's really a remarkable film it's Don't not add perfect me. <laughs> um, it's not a perfect movie and there's definitely some narrative flaws with it and adam was talking about how you can kind of feel the studio interference in it but it's 
it's one of those movies that it's I think it, it's so good that it, it works past that, you know. And I mean, there's a, there's a sequence in the film that I think is is largely unnecessary, but I think that the last act, the last hour of this movie is just every every line of dialogue is just perfect in it, and I think it it breaks my heart every time I see it, and I. I wish more people would talk about it because it's just such a great movie. So that's my number five. Uh, Adam, do you have anything to say about it? Yeah, I mean, what you were saying about how, like, maybe I need a rewatch. I think I do because I, I want to see what everyone else sees in this movie. I, I like the movie. I, I really do. I think it's a good movie. I just, I like, you see, if you go on film Twitter, it's like, people love this movie. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I watched it. I'm like, oh, it was very well made. But, like, it didn't affect me emotionally at all. Not really. So, like... When he sees his dad, (laughs) I do like that scene, and they both give great performances. Um, but like, and also, I I think the final shot is very, very good. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's like, there's also like, I don't know, I I guess the point of it is the coldness. Like, I know that's part of his character and like the narrative, and maybe even the theme of the movie is like kind of like talks masculinity and like Mm -hmm. repressing emotions, but it's just one of those things like where maybe the theme of the movie also hurts it at times and at least for me like i but then again i've only seen i'm about to come i'm gonna quote howard i disagree i disagree (laughs) disagree um no i mean again but i i do want to check it out again because i i do really like it and i think it has potential to go up on my list if i Mm rewatch it so i'll probably you Uh, know what joe i'm gonna do it this week and i'll let you know what i think good i'll rewatch uh is there something i need to rewatch on here um i don't one of my oh just watch dark waters how about that? i'll watch dark waters um my number four of the year is uh i'm gonna get no i'm not rewatching that shit uh, <laughs> uh, uh that movie sucks um my number four of the year uh is i'm gonna get a lot of shit from a friend of the pod dane and friend of the pod jackson is the lighthouse um this movie uh really burst onto the scene i was very jazzed to see it adam and i saw it together actually there's a fun little fact for you guys yeah, a um, date night. Uh, yeah we held hands soda we had a <laughs> we had twin straws uh, mm-hmm. we, were, we had like little twizzler straws it was it yeah was it was it was pretty cute honestly probably the best date i've ever been on but uh lighthouse it's 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 just it, it kind of defies words it's such a weird movie it's so bizarre and i'm so happy it exists um i don't like I said, I, where I, I don't think movies like this get made enough. Just really weird, bizarre. They just like A24 just let Roger Eggers do whatever the fuck he wanted, and it's it. This feels totally his vision, and it doesn't. It's but it's also like it's not pretentious. It's 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 hilarious. It's terrifying. It's thought provoking. There's each. This is one of those movies where like whenever there's a really kind of. Uh, heavy or complex film there's like interpretations that are correct and there are interpretations that are wrong you know like 2001 we pretty much know what was going on in that movie but lighthouse is a movie where i feel like any interpretation of the story is valid because it's such a dense film and i think it's 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 intentionally crafted that way where each person can watch it and have their own interpretation of what happened and it's well, also kind of i suppose said that like in a, i can't remember what podcast i was listening to that he was on but he even said that he said it was made by design to be like that Mm-hmm. Like it's just it, it there's there's just so much to the movie you know it's such a dense film it's like the bible you know it's such a there's so much going on in it and uh the, you can quote me on that the lighthouse is like the bible and um 
Uh, but I, I haven't even begun to talk about the technical aspects of the film. The cinematography is gorgeous. It's a sh- it's a damn shame this is going to be snubbed for cinematography at the Oscars. And I feel like this movie blue hue in the middle of the movie. Yeah, we awesome. when we saw it, there was a fucking uh, 3D filter put over the movie. So yeah, uh, actually, I, see, I was talking about that. I, it was uh, a really? burnt bulb in the projector. Oh Jesus! Get in the Sean, one of the pods, Sean uh, corrected me on. He schooled me on a uh, projection. Damn. Um, well, Sean didn't yeah. like uh, Little Women, so how smart can he be? But um, uh, this, it's, it's the, the, the cinematography is great. The score is kind of is burned into my mind. I, I was driving today and I just started going like, just because the sound of the lighthouse alone is like, the, is terrifying. And there's shots of it. Uh, Jack, this is Jackson's like a friend of the pod Jackson's like new favorite movie, and I think that makes perfect sense. There's just so much there's just shots of just the two of them standing and it's like, Oh, that's just the coolest thing I've ever looked at in my entire life. It's just, it's such a great movie. I'm so happy that it kind of got the audience it deserved. Um, and then also Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe deliver two of the best performances of the year. Willem Dafoe might give the best performance there. It's not my favorite again, but I think this is, he, I don't, I don't think he's going to get nominated, which breaks my heart. He's not, but, uh, I don't think so at all. Unfortunately, I think this movie's going to be completely looked over, overlooked. And I, it should be nominated like, like for anything because I can't imagine one nomination for it. I just think old oh, they're going to watch it and be like, "What the fuck?" and then turn it off. Like it's just such a weird movie. But uh, uh, I think I think Brad Pitt uh, is my pick for best supporting actor. But if Willem Dafoe was nominated, I would pick Willem Dafoe. But he won't be because everyone everything is awful. Um, so that's the lighthouse. Um, Adam will be discussing it later. So. You gotta stop spoiling it, Joe. I'm gonna start. Yeah, I'm gonna, Adam's number one movie of the year. No, uh, number three <laughs> is a movie that I did not expect to love as much as I did. Uh, Marriage Story. Um, this movie. Oh, Lighthouse was my first ten out of ten of the year. Marriage Story also gets a ten out of ten. This movie is a fucking masterpiece. I think the more I watch it, the more I love it. I, the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, that was incredible. And the second time I watched it, I was like, every single line of dialogue in this movie is perfect. It's such, I feel, it's such an achievement in the same way that 1917 feels like an achievement. Marriage Story feels like a, it feels like a moment. It's just, I, I it's, it kind of, I, I keep saying this, but it feels like it taps into something deeply human. And I feel like anybody can watch this movie and find something that is, that is that that is directly kind of um, pulled from their life. Like everybody can get invested into this movie some way, whether it just be a, a small exchange of dialogue or a character um, dynamic, or even just like a just even in the way that there's a scene where uh, Adam Driver's character he parks too far away from like a ticket thing for a parking lot, and it's just that's just yeah, it's just a genius scene, and it's every scene in this movie is like perfect and like the first like five or six scenes serve as like little microcosms for what the movie is and it's such a it's such uh adam driver said that it's kind of the script was like a a document that everybody can um like a document of just experiences and stories compiled into one kind of living thing and i just i i i I, i've been very critical of bombach in the past but i think this movie i he's almost made me like love him I, i'm like a bot Bo- like fan now at this point just because this movie is so incredible mediocre movie and you treat him like he's the devil like, <laughs> he made one movie i hated and i don't and i was just done with him but now he's completely i you know what bombach i forgive you for while we're young this is uh, this movie made me forgive you 
Um, and uh, the performances from Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson are just absolutely remarkable. Adam Driver is my favorite performance of the year in this movie. He just, it's, he just, whenever he talks, I'm just like, that's the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, <laughs> he's, he's so great in this movie. And I hope, 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 hope he wins. I hope he doesn't lose to the Joker. So that is my number three film of the year. Um, my number two film of the year is kind of the film of the year, uh, Parasite. This movie is perfect in every way imaginable. The script is so fucking good. The performances are great. The cinematography is gorgeous. The score is in, is so uh, atmospheric and investing. And just, I mean, I, the story of this movie is so, it's such a, uh, it's such an engaging story. It's so unique. It's so, there's social commentary that's so well done. The, the there's just, there's, visual story just everything about this movie is just absolutely phenomenal it's just it's one of those movies i'm so happy that it's so as popular as it is because it really deserves it and i think you know i think bong joon ho uh is that how you pronounce his name did i say it right yeah bong joon ho yeah. is that it yes bong joon ho Okay, it's correct joseph yes is it bong joon ho um no he uh this is probably the best direction of the year he's so good it's just it feels like it kind of I'm, I'm a big fan of his work i liked okja a lot i liked um the host a lot and i snowpiercer is really great too but this just feels i haven't seen memories of a murder yet um but i hear it's incredible but this this film is just so it's like I, I've been saying it a lot recently, but in this episode, but like this movie really floored me. I was just when it when it finished, I just kind of sat in silence and let the credits roll because I was so stunned by what I had just seen. It's a really remarkable film, and uh, every, I, we need to get uh, Chicago, Illinois on Spotify <laughs> because that song yeah. is a banger. Uh, and I love that this movie too is so. This is a weird thing where the movie kind of has so many great memes, and it just makes me love the movie even more. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh jessica illinois or illinois chicago or whatever it is yeah uh we need a trap remix for that song (laughs) (laughs) travis scott get on it (laughs) um but that is my five through two so adam yeah my uh my number five is a sexy little movie about three little irish bitches um (laughs) the the irishman um this movie uh you saw this in theaters right yes okay yeah because this I, I really I'm glad Netflix like gave him the money to make this movie because I, I realized that other studios like wouldn't do it for some reason. Um, but God, the fact that this didn't get like a wide release in theaters like breaks my heart because it is an accomplishment. And also kind of what we were going to I think you mentioned it too, but also what we were saying about what's Tom and Holly would like feeling very fitting to be his last movie. This movie. I almost wish he waited to make this. It feels very fitting for a guy who kind of dipped his toes in the mob genre. Um, and he just made something like uh, so unique and like, um, and like you were saying, like how, like how like he makes like the energetic parts of the mob movie. Like it's very, it's there, but there's something about the wisdom he has in it too. That makes it all like even better because it kind of feels like a condemnation of like the actions of the mob, which has never really been explored in like Goodfellas or anything, you know? Um, I mean, there, it is at points, but um, not like this, because this has a very grim look on it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, we already talked about the performances, the performances like in the movie are 
fantastic. Um, I mean, you said Joe Pesci, but like um, the relationship between like Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in this movie is like, it's beautiful. And for how beautiful it is, it makes it even more heartbreaking. Like when I, it spoilers, when what happens happens, um, it makes it all the like hard to watch. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's a masterpiece, but like, what did you expect? Also, like, of course it's a masterpiece. Like he, he, any movie that Scorsese works to, like, more than a year on, it's going to be a perfect movie. Cause he, it really were other movies like that could be like a sign that like, it's like getting lost in post-production or something like the new mutants or something like when Scorsese does it, it, uh, it means the masterpiece, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, that's my number five. And my number four is uh, The Lighthouse, um, the latest A24 joint um, about two... Um, sorry, dirty bitches. <laughs> two dirty bitches. I got a, like, a very alarming text mid-sentence, so I had to like, pause for a second. Um, <laughs> well, I'll um, stall for you. Adam actually changed his list mid-pod because I had to I literally up, did. <laughs> and I, uh, this movie was supposed to be number five, but he flipped it, so... <laughs> I just wanted to keep you on your toes, Joe. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, no, but like listening to you talk about it, like made me think, like the way you were talking about it was like, while I love the Irishman, there's something mm-hmm. about the lighthouse where it's like, I've never seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. Like it is so incredible. And I'm glad that we both like came around on it. Cause we didn't dislike it or anything when we first saw yeah, it. Yeah. We just didn't know what to think at first. Yeah. I remember we were trying to have like a discussion after the movie, like we were standing outside the theater and I remember like you were asking me questions and I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so mad. Cause we saw it like a, two, a week or two before it came out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think the only place that it screened was like uh cans or I can't remember where it screened at. It, pre- it premiered at cans. So. Yeah, it can. So there's like no subreddit for this movie, <laughs> you know. So we couldn't go like on there. There was no YouTube like Lighthouse Explained videos from. And I uh, think I don't even think it had played at TIFF yet, so we had to wait for that festival to happen too. So. Yeah, I mean, like we, so we were just like alone in our thoughts for like a week or two. Like it was mm-hmm. ridiculous, and and not that I need like validations of others. It was just like I genuinely did not understand this movie. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's not that I don't understand it now or anything, because I, I don't think I do but it's just like coming to accept that you don't understand it and just like mm-hmm. loving it anyways. Um, I've seen this movie four times in theaters, which I didn't think I was going to do, but like, I remember I saw it a second time. Um, and thankfully the projector was fixed when I saw it a second mm-hmm. time. Um, and I saw it like on a massive screen that time too. Um, and it just blew me away. Like it was one of the most rewarding second viewings I've ever had with the movie. And then I just was bored the next two times. I just was like, let me go see the lighthouse again. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of, it's, you know, it's the new um, movie to watch on Friday night with the boys, just crack hmm. up with some old ones and put on the lighthouse. Um, yeah. This movie, it, it's just, it, it's perfect. It's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's nothing wrong with it. Like it's honestly like infuriating how like per- perfect it is, you know, mm-hmm. like every detail, every like shot is like, flawless and profound and like exquisite to look at um it's i like i'm at a loss for words even like months later like yeah. talking about this movie because it like it puts me in such a trance like every time i watch it like you can watch this movie endlessly um not to like compare it to kubrick but like the same way mm-hmm. like when you watch 2001 or shining like no matter how many times you see it you're still kind of like put under the spell of that movie mm-hmm. i feel like no matter how many times you see the lighthouse you're always gonna like be kind of 
be under its spell, no matter how many times you see it. You know, they see what is it? There's enchantment in the light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and also, that's um, when he uh, goes to the lighthouse at the end and screams in the camera. Um, that's, <laughs> that's me when I get. That's uh, <laughs> me when I get to Chick Fil A on Sundays and I realize they're closed. That's. So, <laughs> I was gonna say that's me when I watch this movie, but Adam made a joke. <laughs> made a yuck. Um, so yeah, the lighthouse, uh, and also I I know Joe already touched on it, but like the performances. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you were mainly talking about Willem Dafoe, but Robert Pattinson too, like mm-hmm. so good. Okay. Cannot wait to see him as Batman. <laughs> He's gonna be the best Batman. I'm, I'm calling it. Um, and the thing is about the performances, like they are only good because they work off of each other. Like I don't think the other performance is as good as as it is because unless the other one is just equally good, you know, mm-hmm. like it's a gradual build from the start of the movie because they have each other to work off of. It's like one of those, cause you have um, like pl- stage plays like that where you just have like two people in a room and it's just them conversing. It's like mm-hmm. in one setting plays, you know what I'm saying? Man, there's really only two people in this movie. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, other than like the lighthouse uh, people leaving at the beginning, like that's it. Um, unless you count the seagull uh, for best supporting actor, <laughs> and um, I guess the mermaid, but <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, the seagull should win best supporting actor. Calling it right now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like the, there's something that you can honestly make a stage play out of this movie, and I think it would kind of work. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This. I, I mean, I know I keep going on about it, but like it's so perfect. It, it's. It really is. Um. So yeah, that's number four, the lighthouse. Uh check it out if you haven't and if you mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it yet you're you're a goof you're a goofball um my number three <laughs> my number three is the safety brothers uncut gems um much like joe he's an uncut gem um this movie wow. yeah um this movie <laughs> this movie is uh another flawless a24 joint which they just seem to be cranking out like nothing these days um just masterpiece after masterpiece um Adam Sandler should win Best Actor. I'm sorry, Adam Driver. Um, <laughs> but it's about all the Adams this year. And yet, I don't think he's going to get even nominated, which breaks my heart. Um, <laughs> this movie is insane to me. Like, I remember the first time I saw it, I like, I just, like, I went to the screening and fun fact, I mean, I already talked about this in our review for it, but like, when <laughs> you leave a screening, the rep for whatever studio you see the movie for, um, asked for your comment and I like I understood the movie perfectly fine but if you've seen the movie you know like how intense it is and when it's over you don't even know what to do with your body like I we literally sat through the entire credits just because we didn't know what to do like <laughs> like I was in a state of shock after this movie ended um I'm a big fan of good time but I think this is even better somehow I think this is if the Safety brothers make a movie better than this um I don't even know what I'm gonna kill myself probably like I, <laughs> like because it's like what's the point of living <laughs> like it's just this movie is like it's like the height of like their career like it has to be right like mm-hmm. how can you make something better than this like I don't even understand how you go forward past this because this was so good um yeah I mean it's just an adrenaline rush of a movie um Adam Sandler is fantastic in it the soundtrack is amazing um cinematography is gorgeous um it the story is like somehow convoluted but like in a good way mm-hmm. to where like it adds to the intensity like it's 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 kind of complicated but like in a refreshing way to where like you feel smart for figuring it out <laughs> you know um almost like inherent vice almost mm-hmm. you know um yeah i mean it's just 
and we just did an episode on it. So if you want to hear our full thoughts, go listen to that. But um, yeah, it, it's fantastic. Uh, my number two, Joe already talked about it, uh, Marriage Story. Um, unlike Joe, who just seems to hate Noah Baumbach, um, this movie uh-huh. um, is, I, I think I love him. Like, I love him so much. Like, he made one of my favorite, well, my favorite movie of all time, Francis Ha. And this is a, his second best movie, in my opinion. Um, it is, but it's his most mature movie to date, too which I um, appreciate. Um, I don't think he could have made this earlier in his career. It's like kind of like mm-hmm. Scorsese with the Irishman. He couldn't have made this in his thirties or forties. He had to get to the stage to make it. Um, and that's what I really like about it. Um, it's just this, it, it's one of those, again, I know I've already said this about like the last five movies when it's perfect. Like every shot of this movie is perfect. Like, and there's not a single flaw in it. I mean, did you have like any issues with it? Cause... Um, marriage story? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's absolutely flawless. Like, every scene... I've seen it three times now, I think, and um, I just... I can't get enough of it. Like, it, it makes me cry every time I watch it. Like, I don't want to spoil it, but, like, there's a scene at the end where he's, like, reading a letter to someone. Oh, my God. And it uh-huh. is... Oh, God, it is so good. Like, it is heartbreaking. And there's an argument scene. I'm If you're on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen it. But, like, um, <laughs> even if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sure you've seen the scene. Like, it's, it's tremendous. And... You know, Scarlett Johansson's beginning a lot of hate, like just mm-hmm. in general, and maybe it's valid because she says some stupid things, but um, she's really tremendous in this movie too. Um, the supporting cast, Ray Liotta, um, who mm-hmm. plays Scarlett Johansson's sister, she's really good. Oh yeah, she's um, great. Yeah, she's fantastic. Oh, how didn't we talk? I didn't talk about Laura Dern at all. Oh my god, <sighs> Laura Dern is fantastic in this movie. Um, she, this is the year of Laura Dern. She's a uh, mm-hmm. Big Little Lies, Little Women, and Marriage Story. Um, go Laura Dern. Um, yeah, I mean, we we also did an episode on this movie, so if you want to hear our full thoughts and you need to listen to that episode, please go back and check it out, because um, this movie is worth hearing the discussions about. It is so, so good. Um, it is, it's honestly one of my favorite movies of all time, like instantly, like the second it ended for me, like because other movies like Uncut Gems even, or even The Lighthouse, like I just sit with them for a while to like know they were like perfect. But this movie, like the second it ended, I knew it was perfect, you know? Like, I, there was no contemplation with me on this one. Like, I knew right away that it was special. Um, so, yeah, that's my five through two. Uh, Joseph. All right. So, we've the whole, we've, the whole, this list has been coming to this point. My favorite movie of the year is, can we get a drum roll, Adam? Um, uh, well, can you hear it? I can hear it, yeah. Okay, uh, best movie of the year, favorite movie of the year, ten out of ten masterpiece. Greener grass. Oh. Uh, this oh. this movie is Shit. instant. I think probably shut the fuck up, Adam. You're <laughs> so wrong about this movie. This movie, pretty much from the first time I watched it, I knew this was instantly one of just my new favorite movies. It is. Yeah, I it, it it's actually very similar to the lighthouse where it's such a it's such a dense movie. There's so much going on in it, and it's 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 absolutely it's one of the funniest movies I think I've ever seen in my entire life. It is all of the jokes, but but, but it's it's so this movie you probably haven't heard of because it's a very small film. Uh, this premiered at Sundance. I didn't get a chance to see it there. I saw it at the Florida Film Festival, and I saw it again at the Scad Film Festival. Uh, I just keep coming back to this movie. I just. I really haven't stopped thinking about it. There's just there's jokes in this movie that are just perfect, and they just absolutely make me laugh so hard. But also, it it it's not it's it the movie the make main thing that people said about the movie is that it's like Wild Hot American Summer if David Lynch directed it, and it's um 
it's like it, it it is like that, but that there's so much more going on to it. The cinematography in this movie is gorgeous. The editing is is incredible. The score is perfect for this movie. All of the performances are insane. Everybody in this movie is a hundred percent committed to every single joke, and every single joke. There's not a throwaway joke in this movie. Every single joke kind of goes back to the this main theme of the movie and the main kind of the the filter of the movie. Every single joke. Can you contrib- tell me what the theme, the quote unquote theme of this movie is? I'd love okay. to. Okay, you're I, you're like you're like stupid. Like you're like this is, <laughs> the whole movie. Basically, the movie is kind of a satirization of kind of suburban lifestyle and this Ooh. this this kind of this this. You're being. I'm gonna do this during your number one, even though I it was I liked it a lot too. But uh, the movie, it's kind of the, it's a satirization of suburban lifestyle and kind of this this kind of almost uh, this the, the being polite to a fault and every single thing about the movie kind of plays into that idea and there's so much they're saying about it and even there's a joke in the movie I won't spoil it uh, but there's a joke where a character gets a haircut <laughs> and just that joke is 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 so absurd and so weird but it also has so much to say about the character and where they're at and it also has so much to say about kind of the culture that that character lives in and it's like it's such a scenes will be hilarious one second and then turn bizarre and scary in the next and there's there's so there's just so much going on in this movie and it's i i just i i, I can't i don't have any I, I can't stop talking about it i've tried to i've tried to get nobody's watching this movie everyone i recommend it to has not seen it yet and i just i just i will kill anybody if they don't see this movie i mean at least adam has seen it he's incorrect he'll rewatch it and text me like that was actually a masterpiece joseph but like <laughs> Because everybody I've shown this to has loved it. Uh, Ad Jackson Wise from Pod loved it. Dane Futrell, who hates everything, loved it. Um, it's just such a banger of a movie. It's just the most. I mean, it, it, if you looked at it and you were, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's just his favorite movie of the year. I just love this movie so much. It's so, it's it's just perfect. It's so. I, I, and I, don't, I don't even think anything comes near it this year. It's just, it's far and above my favorite movie of the year. I, I beseech anybody to check it out. Um, I, I cannot, I, I, I cannot wait to see what these two directors do next. Jocelyn DeBoer and Don Luby are just geniuses and they kind of struck gold with this movie. And I just really just, there's so much about this movie that is just hilarious everything in this movie is hilarious and adam is a hundred percent wrong about it i mean i okay all memes aside i like this movie i don't like i just don't see what you see i guess like it's just it's funny yeah i laughed but like i didn't get any like i i don't know like maybe i needed to see it in the theater i don't know if that's the issue like i i saw it on you know i saw it on my 55 inch tv I, I think i did okay you know um i laughed i enjoyed my time with it and i agree the directors do a very good job it's very well shot um it's a good movie i just don't it's what is it my like number 40 something on my list? yeah you have it way too low man yeah i mean again i like the movie it's good if you ask me hey adam should i check out greener grass i'd be like yeah man you should 
because uh, it, it's a solid movie, but I just don't understand. <laughs> no, one, that just, it's I, I, no, it's the best movie of the year. I just like even like nothing you like with Rover. Like we have a running joke that the Rover sucks, but I love. Okay, the Rover, well, Greener but, Grass is a hundred percent better than. than but like, Rover. like even you're talking about it, and it sounds like you're talking about a different movie to me. I just can't. I can't even fathom not absolutely loving this movie. Dane hates everything, and Dane loves this movie. <laughs> Dane doesn't hate everything. Like you he, don't know Dane like I do. I, I follow his letterbox, buddy. I he didn't like Uncut Gems. He he did. He gave it like a four out of five. He gave it a three out of five. He gave it a four out of five. He gave it a three and a half. I'll he, bet you two thousand. We watched it the other day, and then he wrote a review with a four out of five rating and said, "I it's better than I thought it was." See. Uh, friendship ended with Joseph. Now Dane. <laughs> yeah, Dane Futrell is the new uh, host of the pod, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um. Hey, you know what, man? I I'm glad you love this movie. I I truly am. Um. I in what you were saying, like about it, like if anyone knows you, it's not a surprise that's your favorite movie of the year because it's very mm-hmm. on brand. Um. Because when I was watching the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, I I can see Joseph all over this movie. There's just so many jokes that I think I could hear them forever, and I would still laugh at them. It's just so, <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. Like it's like at the end of the day too. It's so well thought out. It's so dense. It's so well made, but it's also fucking hilarious. I just can't. I can't. I just. It's just. I love it so much. It's it just. I'm. There's a bit with a dog that is mm-hmm. genuinely like probably one of the funniest things I saw in a movie last year. Like, and also like with the baby that that's really funny. Um, <laughs> I don't want to keep spoiling it, but like there are like legitimate like there are moments that like really stuck with me that like I remember laughing my ass off, but like. Again, I, I I like it. I just don't have the same like affection for it that you do. But I'm I'm glad you have it, man. I, I really well. To quote decide. Harry Potter, "You're wrong, and I feel sorry for you because I have something that you never will." Greener grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's your number one, man. That's my number one film of the year. Yeah. Um. So my number one. You know, if you've been following me on Twitter, this shouldn't be a huge surprise i've been i've I've been kind of vocal about this movie um you know uh i've been looking forward to it for a while uh it means a lot to me uh it's fast and furious presents Hobbs <laughs> um it's the new david leach joint um places into the fast and furious franchise um no I, I won't do the whole bit but seriously though if there is any movie i did you really think i was gonna do this episode not mention Hobbs and shaw you're wrong hmm. Um, I think actually what Greener Grass is to you, Hobson Shaw is to me. Um, the favorite movie of the year is uh, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. Um, you know, when you were saying about like how, uh, what is it, Ad Astra made you, uh, reminded you like why you love movies. Mm-hmm. Um, if like the entire thing is like, if you go to the movies, like as much as me and Joe do, there's a reason for it, you know? Like, you've had at least one experience in your life where, like, your life was, like, kind of changed by a movie. Mm-hmm. Or, like, your perception of, like, reality was kind of altered. And I was, like, if there's a reason we go to the movies, it's to, like, be captivated by stories and go to worlds where we've, like, never seen before. And watch something that's truly original, you know? And that's a word that, like, it's, like, very hard to use nowadays when you're talking about movies, because it feels like everything, even if it is original, like, you can compare it to something else. Mm-hmm. But Parasite is a movie where it's, like, I can't compare it to anything else. Like, I was having an issue, like, going between Parasite, 
Marriage Story, and even Uncut Gems as my number one. But I always came back to Parasite because, like, even Marriage Story, which I love, like, it didn't make me feel the way this movie did when I saw it for the first time. Like, mm-hmm. like there's something about it, like, it feels almost Hitchcockian and the way it plays out. Like, you start in one place, and then, like, the narrative, like, twist that this movie does, you don't see it coming from a mile away. Like, you, when it throws this curveball at you, it hits you so hard. And it completely, like, changes your perception mm-hmm. of, like, the entire movie. And then the third act of this movie is, like, the wildest thing I've seen in so long. And then the entire picture, like, as a whole, like, beginning to end, it's this amazing social satire. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's so layered. It is so smart. Um, it is so meaningful. And it never feels like it's, like, talking down to anybody. It just feels like it's telling this very truthful, inviting story. Um, with this insane sense of humor and intensity and heart to it and like I just it's like I know I've said like the last six movies are masterpieces but this is like on a different level like I feel like this Mm -hmm. is like once in a generation movie like I I haven't felt this way about a movie in a really long time in the sense that I mean I said it about Lighthouse but like truly like every time I go back and watch this movie I find like different things to appreciate and i don't feel like i fully i mean i think i know like all the narrative beats but i don't feel like i've fully figured it out yet because like every time i watch it i see like different things to like you know like i look at it from a different lens each time you know and that's kind of always what i do with my favorite movies i get a different experience each time i watch it you know um and yeah i mean everything about it like the performances the cinematography the just the script i mean dear god the script of this movie is incredible and uh bong joon ho's direction um he should win best director at the oscars i think he will too so he he, i think he will and he should i mean i love quentin tarantino i love uh marty uh i love sam mendez but like this i'm sorry but do you agree that like it's like this should win best director yeah no it should win best director because like you watch some scenes in this movie and like the way like some scenes play out and you're just like how did like a person even do this you know um, uh, nerd writer has a great video about uh the uh, montage sequence <laughs> okay i'll check it out when we're done um yeah i mean this i mean i've already gone on about it but it's just like it's so perfect it, it really is like there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it um i it, it really you know i'm gonna say it it reminded me why i love movies like it, it really did um so yeah, I get a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's parasite. It, if mm-hmm. you haven't seen it yet, what are you doing? Like, come on, shake, just mm-hmm. get it together, man. Um, so yeah, we did it, Joe. We finally mm-hmm. did it. Um, we killed 2019. In 2019 too, <laughs> we're living in it. Um, well, it's been one hell of a year. Um, yeah, it kind of feels emotional like doing this. We uh, this is I mean we I know we started like halfway through last year, but it still feels weird to like talk about everything in retrospect now. Mm-hmm. But um, it is weird. This is uh, we've we've come to a point in my life where like I like a movie will be announced and I'll like remember where I like what I was like doing it when it was announced. Like I remember like with Irishman, like I was like in middle school like waiting for this to come out. So it's very like interesting because i'm now at like a point because i've been into movies for a very long time but like i'm like i'm i i don't i don't feel like i was a different person when these movies were announced like so these movies are like a part of like my like 
Do you know what I'm trying to say? I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to sound sappy, but it does. I do understand what Adam is saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I. that's kind of how I thought about like Endgame, almost. Like, mm-hmm. you can kind of track the MCU throughout periods of your life. Like, I remember I was in, um, God, I was in eighth grade when the first Avengers came out. And by the time mm-hmm. Endgame was out, I like in college, you know? Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, but, like, even Scorsese's movies, like, you can track Scorsese's filmography throughout your life, too. Like, mm-hmm. Um, I think the first Scorsese movie I saw in theaters was probably Hugo, and I was, like, in middle school when that came out, and then, again, jumping to, like, I'm 22 now, and Irishman's out, like, it's it's mm-hmm. crazy like, how movies kind of just stick with us through our lives, and, you know, that's why we do the pod, we, uh, mm-hmm. that's why we do it on a weekly basis, we get on a mic and just talk to you guys, um, so, hey, Joe, thanks for uh, a great 2019, I appreciate it. Thank you for a, a, an incredible... 2019 was the best year of my life because Adam was in it. Aww. Um, so we have 2020 to look forward to. Um, we'll have plenty of episodes for you guys um, coming mm-hmm. up soon. And you know what? If you if you stuck around for all, like, what, 20-something episodes, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what to say except thank you. Like, because, yeah, yeah, you keep us going, and that means a lot mm-hmm. to us. So, uh... I mean, anything else you want to say, Joe? Or um, uh, let's uh get ready for the Doolittle episode coming out very soon. Uh, all right. Until next time, gamers. Uh, keep gaming. Keep greenering your grass. And uh, keep uh, don't get a parasite. Yeah, don't get a parasite. Um, and goodbye. <laughs> Thank you.